There's a knock at the door. Answer it. It's House Calls with Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor. Only on the Fantastic Podcast. Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor. Today's guest, ingested vocalist Jason Evans. Hope you guys enjoy this one. It was a lot of fun to do. The Terror Returns only on Fantastic Podcast. Yo, 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 this is Jason from Ingested, a.k.a. The Slam King, and you are listening to the Phantasm Podcast. This is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with the Phantasm Podcast and Godless Heathens, my new podcast. And I'm here today with an amazing band. Uh, This is part two of this interview for their new album, Where Only Gods May Tread, which dropped yesterday from Ingested. I have the pleasure of speaking with Jason today, the vocalist, and how are you doing, sir? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, and I thank you so much for doing this today. And, of course, uh, we're talk everything uh, where only gods may tread today, and uh, which dropped yesterday, which is exciting. It's a great record. And uh, we'll jump right into this thing here. So, uh, track one, uh, Follow the Deceiver. What can you tell us about that track? Uh, well, this track, I think it's... Uh all, like all the tracks that we do now, um, all the all the lyrics anyway, they all um, come from like the, the, our personal perceptions of the world around us, um, our personal feelings, our emotions. Some some of them are about experiences. So I'm not going to go like too. I'm not going to delve too deeply into like what what specific lyrics means. But I'll give you because I like I like to leave everything a little bit ambiguous. Sure, sure. Like the listener, absolutely. Uh, to to kind of put their own meaning, their own stamp on what they think the song is about, and then uh, you know, because I I want I want people to listen to the album and I want them to make, make a connection with it. I want them to feel the music the same way that we did. Okay. And the only way I think is is by having that connection, by having that, that, that relating those those lyrics and those themes to maybe something that's happened to you in your life, something like that. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you the main gist of certain things. But yeah, follow the deceiver. Um, I think it's it's kind of the way that the world now seems to take its news and its facts from stuff like social media, rather than like actual actually going out and you know getting this information for themselves. And I think like a lot of things are. Uh, well, a lot of things are just untrue, aren't they? Right. You see so much stuff like on social media and that that gets that gets put out there, and and then all of a sudden, it people like so many people believe it as fact and stuff like that, and it's just insane. And I think uh, you know, it's it's a little bit like that, really. It's more like a commentary on like how how different the world has become, and like where is it heading? Like, do we care? What what? what the difference between like the truth and falsehood is anymore do we even give a shit right because you know like a lot of that like I see so much like where it's you see people like talking about stuff and you're like that that's definitely not true 
100% is definitely not true. Right. I repeat, so many people will believe it. And it's like, do you even care? Do you even care that that's not true? Or do you just want, do you just want to believe it? Do you want something to be outraged about? Do you need a cause to fight for? Is this, is this, is this the right one? Like, you know, it's all these kind of questions. I think Excellent. It's, uh, so rather, you know, I think it's, I think it's quite an interesting thing. Oh, very much, and and a, and a hell of a way to kick off the record. Um, and then uh, track two, no half measures. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, picking up, picking up back where uh, follow the deceiver leaves off. You just, just smashing headlong straight into this next track. And um, again, like read, read, uh, listen to the lyrics in it is yet another another commentary on the state of the world at the moment. However, everything's so everyone's so obsessed with with fame and leading people and having people follow them like you see it all over like look at social media sure again like follow follow us like this subscribe all these words all these buzzwords and it's all like you know because people want people they want your money they want your attention they want they want something from you because everybody's after something right do you know what I mean and it's and it's again it's like is this where the world's heading do people really care about this? Or are you just happy to have someone to follow? Do you need someone to follow? Right. Or do you, or should you be the leader? Should you be the leader in your own world? Do you right. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it's great. Um, and I don't know, just to kind of stop a second and ask you this, because I was talking to Sean about this. Yeah. Here, where I'm at in Florida, I've noticed... And I, as as an adult, it, it's actually made me disgusted with living in this country. Everyone is just out for themselves, and they could care less if they ran over and killed me leaving the grocery store as long as th- their family and their friends are safe. And I think that's disgusting. That's something I'm seeing right now here. Well, there you go. Well, that, that's exactly the kind of mentality that, that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But it's like... Is that, is that the right mentality? Is it not the right mentality? <laughs> right. These are the questions that you have to ask yourself. Right, right. You know what I mean? We're not telling you what's right or wrong. Right. We're just opening up this kind of worms and saying, look, look at the world. This is the world around us. This is how it's changing. Right. This is where it's heading. Is this what you want? Are right. You sure? it's, it's very relatable. Because <laughs> if it is, then that's up to you. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. everybody's got free will. That's one of the beautiful things. Or, well... Well, sometimes it's beautiful, sometimes it's fucking horrible, but, like, that's one of the things about being humans, is that you have free will. So we're not here to tell you what's right or wrong. We're just telling you, like, look, this is this is the world around you. Right. This is what we're doing to it. Is this what you want? <laughs> or should we be doing something else? Right. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. It really is. It's it's And Sean and I kind of touched on it a little bit. It's obviously more with you. It's, it's exciting as well. Uh, and then uh, track three, uh, impending dominance. Oh yeah, mate! I love that track. That's definitely like I, I would say that this is one of the this is one of the ones that's more old school ingested. If you know what I mean, like absolutely this, this, this track like harkens back. Like this is, but again, like these are these are the themes lyrically. Is it's all about like you might think like a lot of people think. You know, we go around with the whole Slam Kings thing and we use, like, a lot of, like, you, 
you'd think maybe narcissistic language or whatever in, in our lyrics but it's not about that man like it's about self empowerment when we, we talk about being kings or whatever it's not about like being kings over anybody else it's about a be, being a king like being a god in your own kingdom taking control of your own life right never taking no for an answer do you know what I mean if exactly you want to, if you want something and you've got passion for it like us with this band like we've all come from fucking nothing like we, we're all like council estate kids do you know what I mean like none, sure. of, none of us had a pot to piss in between us like we still haven't got a fucking pot to piss in between us and um, we, we're never gonna forget that shit but like we've we've earned everything we've had so like to us it's like that's our mindset it's like sure you've got to take control like you are in control of your own destiny and you like humans are amazing man they can be they can be like i said before they can be awful but they can be amazing like the things that humans can achieve and it's it's like we're we're like you know, we're we're proof of that shit. Like, like nobody ever wanted to give us a chance back in the day when we started. Sure. Like everybody told us that we weren't good enough. Like all that kind of stuff, and we we just never gave up. We never gave up when someone told us we weren't good enough. We said, "All right, then we're going to show you why you're fucking wrong." <laughs> right. We're gonna, we're right. Gonna take, we're going to write these songs. We're going to make this album. We're going to ram it down your fucking throat. And it's that's the kind of shit that we're talking about. That's the impending dominance that we're talking about. It's all about self empowerment. It's right. not about putting yourself above anybody else. It's about showing what you are worth. Right. If you know what I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. I can relate to that with uh, this podcast. We've been doing it for almost five years, and just keep gnawing away at it. You know, just keep keep pushing. And, yeah. Uh, and then track. What's that? I said, if you love something and you got like true passion for it just you've got to go for it man like because otherwise you'll just start do you want to live the rest of your life wondering what if right no, yeah I don't I'm not somebody that can handle the what if stuff chase your <laughs> fucking passion right uh and let's see here uh track four the list <laughs> right see now this this is uh this is this is where shit gets interesting so like how like how this goes back to what I was just saying um how a lot of people never gave us a chance like um, you know we took a lot of shit like and we had to take a lot of flack and people telling us we were shit and all that stuff and so basically we had a we had a mental list of everybody that shit on us <laughs> you know, everybody that told us that we were fucking not good enough and that and we were just like right okay but we're gonna check back on all these people when we put out a fucking the album that we were always meant to put out which was this this fucking album where only gods may dread right and then uh, when that album comes out we'll, uh, we'll 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 come back to these people and go yeah what are you fucking saying now so yeah that's uh, that's what the list is about that's it's a special <laughs> thing to have a list you know <laughs> that's great you've got to keep a list man you've got to keep a list oh it's great it's I love it um <laughs> Fuck you, list. That's what list. Yes, sir. Is. Yes, sir. That's a, that's a very important list. Uh, I, I have one as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, track <laughs> track five: the burden of our failures. Ah, right. Well, I can't. I can't. I can't really speak too much on what this song is actually written about because Sean wrote the lyrics for this song. Right. 
to this personal to him. To Sean uh, song. So yeah, Sean's the man to ask about the burden of our failures because he lyrically wrote all of that. Um, but yeah, I can talk about it as a track. Yeah, it's, please, uh, yeah. Bro, fucking hell! My God, what a performance he put on that as well. And and with all with it, with all the uh, guests that we got on this album, we didn't like because all other bands like whenever they have a a guest on a track nine times out of ten it's just like they just turn up for like a 30 second verse and then that's sure, it sure sure do you know what I mean whereas we were like with the guests that we get on this album we want to build the tracks around them and like have a proper feature if you're gonna feature feature don't don't just be on a little bit and then that's it that's not a feature man that's right just turning up I just hit that go all so, the way don't go half assed like, we're gonna write your songs for these people right and uh, I think it worked so well like so so well like you just you just added something so uh, I can't even so m- melancholy so like morose to that song and it just like increased the size of it sonically tenfold man I fucking love that track it's amazing brilliant <laughs> atmospheric as fuck yes absolutely uh and then track six dead seraphic forms seraphic forms i'm probably saying that wrong seraphic seraphic Seraphic. um yeah so that 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 song was um that song's got a little bit of personal stuff in it and that um to do with our like you know our bassist he left um last year right and that's the only band member that we've ever changed in like nearly 15 years since we started right so like obviously like you know like we're we're all still on good terms and everything that just it it was just one of them things he just didn't want to tour as much as we were touring and shit so you know there's some like there's some personal shit in there but there's no bad blood there's no hard feelings or anything but you know when something big happens in our lives the best the best way for us to uh to vent those emotions and stuff it's to write a song about it because that's where it's as raw and real as it gets right um, and he and, and he was with, he, he's still like he's still my best friend and like you know he's still best friends with the guys in the band nice so you know he was with us for long that long that it's not like we're not like shitting on him or anything it's sure like, sure song. it's just you know it's just a way that you have to get it out uh, yeah, he knows all about that shit. Anyway, I'm sure he he was with us for long enough. He knows exactly how we deal with shit. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. <laughs> but the track, right. fuck me, and the video. Jesus. Um, yeah, the video was interesting because uh, that was literally when the uh, lockdown started. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The coronavirus. Lockdown. Right. So uh, yeah, we were like, oh shit, what are we gonna do for a for a music video? Because obviously we can't do any um, we can't do any music videos like with proper extras and you know all the all the bells and whistles and shit. So we're gonna have to right. fast. So we were just like, oh shit, what should we do? Um, and I was watching like reaction videos to like the uh, track that we'd released before, uh-huh. which was Impending Dominance. Right. And I was just watching reaction videos, and I was like, oh shit, like what if we like did like a supercut of loads of our our friends, people we know reacting to that video so so yeah we started doing that we emailed all, all our mates and that and loads of them said yeah 
So I had to fucking edit the video though, and it took forever <laughs> until like two weeks because I had to because it was forty-eight people in the video. Wow! And they'd all send, they'd all send us videos of them reacting to the song, and the song's five minutes long. So I had to watch through all of them and edit all of them down and get like all the different little clips of it. My God, it took weeks, but it looks amazing. Like I couldn't be happier with it. So yeah, excellent beast video. You know, I wanted to tell you because I talked to Sean about this when I, I saw you guys in Atlanta back in February. The only concert I got to see this year. So, oh shit, amazing! And I was there. You, I'll prove it to you. you. Guys were like wiped out of merch, and I you, you you played the the one record all the way through, which I was excited to get to see because I didn't I had never got to see that. And I noticed because I asked Sean, that's kind of how we got on the subject of your bassist. Was I noticed you guys didn't have a live bassist, and yeah. and but you know you still destroyed it because I had seen you previously on the Summer Slaughter tour, um, yeah, with Suffo and all that, you know, and but yeah, so I thought that was really interesting, and he kind of went into his story about it. So that's really interesting to hear about that. I'm glad to hear you guys are still friends too. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, we're still we're still fucking really close mates and shit. So that'll never change. I mean, I've I've known Brad since I was eleven years old. That's awesome. Three now, so yeah. Like, so we'll we'll never we'll never not be like best mates. It's just it's just one of them things. Like, is the, the tour in life is not for everybody. It's really hard. Like, sure. it's great. Don't get me wrong. We're doing you know we're we're doing what we've always wanted to do. But it's like you know you are away from home a lot. Like, and it is. It is, it is tough sometimes so you know we understand why you, why you didn't want to do it anymore so it's not like it's it's just it's like it's one of those things it's like we're sad he's not with us anymore but we're happy that he's happy sure sure I mean? sure it's one of them. but That's... obviously we're a death metal band so we've got to sound fucking mean and you gotta keep going yeah song, it, so. <laughs> and I'm sure he wants you guys to keep going too yeah, so yeah <laughs> Uh, and let's see, track seven, Another Breath. Oh, mate, that one. Oh, my God. Uh, Sam wrote the lyrics for that, so um, I'm not too sure what it's about. Like, to him. Okay. Uh, like, so I'm not sure what the intended, like, meaning of it is, because we don't really ask each other, either. Sure, sure. It makes it, you know, it's, it's personal to us. Like, if, and again, it's not like, if that's what you think it's about, then that's what it's about, as far as I'm concerned. But as, as a track, man, like, again, like, how we were saying, like, we wrote songs around our guest vocalists. Like, so these songs were written with the guest vocalists in mind, and I think you can definitely hear a lot of Crowbar in Another Breath. And obviously with Kirkwin, Quinstein, it just, ah, oh, God. Like, I was... Like we we wanted him, we really really wanted him, and we wrote the track with him intended. Right. But like it's you know like it's one of the things like you never think that it's going to happen though, do you? Sure. Do you know what I mean? You sure. Know, oh, should we ask Kirk Winstein from Crowbar and Down if he'll be on the album? And you're like, oh, it's never going to happen. But but it fucking did, and we were so fucking happy. And um, I remember when uh, when because it was a. Uh, uh, the bassist Shane out of Crowbar who uh, recorded Kirk doing the vocals right. and he sent them over like the first time and we were like oh my god this is amazing this is going to sound so insane Right. and then uh, the next day <laughs> he sent us some more and he was like oh yeah we recorded the harmonies as well and so he like, recorded a load of harmonies to go with it and we played it all and we were like oh my 
this is going to be a monster this track sure and uh, yeah if it was it was it's, it's one of my favourite tracks off the album and um, the music video for it as well is amazing by uh, Shane Minow he's um, an animator from South Africa okay and uh, we so we all grew up through like the we're all we were all born in well, I was born in 87 Right. Uh, I think Sean was born in 86. So we're all like grew up through the 90s. You know, sure. Like when MTV was still playing metal and it was still a rock like, sure. TV station and, sure. and shit. So we, we grew up watching all like the um, all the claymation videos, you know, like the tour videos, um, Rahata Mahata from, uh, by Sepultura. Sure. Like, all that kind of stuff. And we just wanted to do like a homage to that, you know, a throwback back to when music videos was sick <laughs> right well that's fun yeah, so um, that, that's why we went with that and um, I think he, I think Shane did a fantastic job man it looks so good it's so cool <laughs> it's a great track uh, and let's see here track 8 Black Pill yeah uh, with Matt Honeycutt from Kublai Khan uh, we did a um, we did a a tour with a despised icon Shadow of Intent and Kublai Khan it was amazing okay and, um, and obviously we got really pally with Kublai Khan they're a great live band absolutely one of the best live bands you'll see if you ever get the chance to go and see Kublai Khan go see him just genius and um, we got really pally with him and we just thought like he's got such a distinctive like bark to his vocal style we just we were like oh he's so unique man we need to get him on the track so we, we hit him up he said he wanted to do the track so we sent him the track and lyrically um, it's kind of it's, it's kind of about like how everybody seems to be wrapped up in their own little cults you know how there's like like it's going back to what we were talking about before how everybody seems to flock around little leaders Sure. Um, as if they need someone to follow, and um, I think it touches on that kind of stuff. But yeah, again, it's like I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, and I don't want to, I don't sure. delve too deeply into like saying exactly what with what each song's about because uh, I can I think it kind of takes away from the mystique. But yeah, there's a lot of cult shit in there, so you should check that shit out. <laughs> it's very interesting. Excellent, excellent. And then uh, track nine, Forsaken in Desolation. Forsaken in Desolation. Oh my god! Right. So having this at such a such a late stage in the album, I, I, I honestly I think it's like a stroke of genius because um, you get it's <clears throat> around the midpoint, kind of slow. The tempo kind of slows down. And you get your slower, slower, more doomier, sludgier tracks like uh, "Burden of Our Failures," "Another Breath," um, and "Black Pill." Black Pill's kind of mid mid paced. It's uh, it's got quite a hardcore sort of attitude to that song. So then, when "Forsaken in Desolation" comes in, like full blown fucking brutal death metal mode again. Oh, it just picks that fucking pace up, man. Some of the vocal patterns in that song as well are insane. Like Sam wrote the uh, lyrics and the vocal patterns for that. And my God, like the man's a beast. Yeah, he, got, he gave, gave me a bit of a vocal workout on that one. There's a, there's a vocal pattern in it, and I think it says a, a palpitating past perusing picked up a positive past. Like, and I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> you get me on some fucking Eminem shit, like on this now, like, <laughs> like all that lit 
Yeah, that's a that was one of the first tracks I heard actually. I really like it. Um, yeah. Um, and let's see here. So track ten, uh, the final track, uh, "Leap of the Faithless." Yeah, this is actually my favorite track. This is my favorite track on the whole album. I think it's one of the best songs we've ever written, like ever. Like it's one of my favorite Ingestor songs like, ever. It's nine minutes long, but don't let that put you off because it. It, oh it no, it's great! Like it's, it's epic. Like I told Sean, it's a <laughs> it's a standout track. It's it's unbelievable, and it was originally intended to be um, an instrumental. Really? It wasn't supposed to. Have, yeah, it wasn't supposed to have any lyrics on it. There. And Sean Sean played it. I think we were in the tour van, and I think it was maybe was it last year. Yeah, it was last year when we were signed band and he played me the song and I was like, oh my God. It's like, right, leave it with me and then like a couple of hours later I pretty much wrote all of the lyrics for it and yeah, I was just in love with it from that, that moment on and it's still my favourite track now. <laughs> it, you know, I think it's probably my favourite track on the album. I really like that one. I like that it's that long too. I thought it was epic to, you know, have it all over the place and, you know. Um... There's a lot of elements in that in that song that we've uh, well across the whole album actually. There's a lot right. of elements that we've experimented with and touched upon in earlier releases, but we've never really like felt comfortable enough or confident enough in our songwriting um, to actually incorporate them in the way that we have on this album and in, in particular on Leap of the Faithless. There's a lot of melody on there and. Uh, I think it just adds to the epicness. We try, we've, what we've tried to do is we've tried to add elements without taking away from any of the heaviness or the aggression or the brutality. And I think, I think we've, I think we've pretty much hit it on the, the nail on the head. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. And the, and to talk about this real quick, the album artwork is killer as well. Oh yeah, Dan Seagrave, man, he's knocked out of the park. Oh, it's he's great. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those artists that we've always wanted to, always wanted to work with. But it was just a, it was a question of budget. Like we could never afford it. Because, sure. You know, he's dancing grave, man. Like. Right. <laughs> so it was like it was just it was just like waiting for the right time. And what we wanted to do was we we wanted to have a dancing grave piece, but we wanted it to look unlike anything that he's ever done before. So when we we gave him we gave him the uh, the concept like the brief you know like saying what we wanted it to look like with rough you know idea and shit sure um, and then we 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 said to him that we wanted him to work in really light colours you know like the whites and the blues that the album are well what it looks like now and um, because if you look pa- uh, back across all of his all of his past works there's nothing that's that bright. Always work. Oh no! Like it's, this, it's extremely so unique. We wanted it to be, yeah, really unique. And he even he actually said to to Lynn afterwards when it was finished, he was like, you know, cheers for like uh, putting me out of my comfort zone. Like, I've never worked with colours like this, so we've literally got like a really unique done Seagrave piece. So I couldn't be happier with it. <laughs> oh, it's 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 incredible. Um, it really is. I mean, the album's incredible, but to have that, you know, the art piece as well, especially from him, it's 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 outstanding. Um, Thanks, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. And guys, where only God's May Tread is available now from Ingested through Unique Leader Records. And man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this with me today. Hey, no problem, man. The pleasure's all mine, honestly. Are you, you, uh, real quick, before I let you go, just one more question. Are you a big horror guy like Sean? Yeah, yeah. I love horror films, man. Can you run through a few you like? Because we're big in the horror here at Phantasm, so... What sort of horror films that I like? Um, I like I like stuff like well, recently the stuff I've been watching is Mandy. Um, I've been watching Nicholas Cage. Oh yeah, the Nicholas Cage one. Yeah, fantastic. yeah, yeah. I watched that. Watched uh, Color Out of Space as well. Oh, okay, Richard Cage. Stanley. Yeah, um, you know the first thing of his really I ever good. saw was Hardware. Have you ever seen Hardware? Hardware? No, I don't think I have. It's the first thing I ever saw that he did, and it was recommended in Fangoria because Clive Barker was really big on Richard Stanley, and that was the first thing I ever saw. Definitely check it out. It's really good. Oh, well, dude. Very bizarre. Clive Barker's all of the Hellraisers as well. Oh, yeah. it's well, cool. not all of them. All well. one and two. <laughs> and I kind of I liked Inferno, actually, you know. You know which one I like? And this is weird because it's Doug Bradley's favorite. I love the third film. I love that movie, that man. CD head and yeah, I know it's corny, but I love that movie, man. It was just, I loved it. It had Motorhead in it, and Armored Saint was playing in the film, and I love that movie. I saw it at the theater. I love that film. Um, There's one bit in it. I think it's got my favorite Hellraiser scene in it. Is the bit where. Um, He's in the church, and then Pinhead like pulls the pins out of his head, and he's got like worms on him. Yeah. And, like puts them through his wrists and puts his arms out with the crucifix, and he goes like, "I am the way." And Dude, I'm, like, I'm oh, telling you. God. And then like I'm sure that the stained glass behind him like just bursts. Yeah, it's so, it's like, the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. And that's he loves that movie. He said shooting that was the most fun. If you ever meet him, like that's. We were. I, I didn't meet you know do it for the podcast, but I met him years ago, and that's what he kept telling. Me. He's like, I love the third film. Everybody makes me crow on it, and I was like, and because that was the slick I had him sign, he was like, I'll just give it to you because he's like, he, he, he <laughs> said everybody hates it. He's like, I love that movie, and I do too. I don't know why. It's just I know it's corny, but it had the chick from Deep Space Nine in it that played, you know, it, it was in it. She was also in like uh, the the show Becker with it was like a comedy, but. She's like the t- Terry somebody. She's also in like Back to School with like Rodney Dangerfield. That's like the first thing she ever did. But like, I don't know, man. I like Hellraiser three. Like everybody makes me eat shit over it, but I love that one. I don't know. Fair enough. It's got it's got some cool shit in it. Like the bit in the church and the um, oh, what's it called now? The monolith thing where it's like you know where Pinhead's trapped at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. A pillar thing that looks cool as fuck as well. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Well, it's. I think the only thing I didn't like was like how corny the Cenobites were. Oh, it is corny. No, it's completely. Like that was the only thing I didn't like about it. I was like, oh. Man, it is. It so is. If you watch yeah. even now, it's super cheesy. But for whatever reason, that movie was always kind of a comedy piece for me. I don't know. I love it. Like it's fun. You know, it's just. Yeah. It's kind of like Army of Darkness. It's it's bad, but it's fun. You know, but it's. You know. I do love Army Dawn. Oh, and, and Evil Dead too. Oh yeah, those are those are fun films. I think my I think my favorite my favorite ever horror movie, like just for like how like how it makes me feel. Okay. It's probably uh, original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, cause I, I, it's just a 
something about it, like, it's just like, from the moment it starts, it's just uncomfortable to look at. Like, you know, like, the the sound of it, the way it looks, like, the, the horrible sort of, like, washed out right. yellow colour of everything. Like, everything, oh, God, I don't know, I love it, but it's just, like, it just makes me feel uneasy from the moment that the credits start. And it's just like that, that like me. <laughs> it's it honestly, it honestly is probably my favorite as well. And I, I'll tell you something I love about it. I love in American Psycho where Christian Bale's like working out with it on in the background. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that, that movie as well, American Psycho. Uh, I fucking love it. I love that movie. I love where he's just like pa- power working out while that's on in the background. Yeah. He just loves the screaming, man. He's a psycho. <laughs> I love that film. It's great. And um, what's the other one I love? Uh, Devil's Rejects. Oh, okay. It. Absolutely love it. Don't like. Don't like um, House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought that like movie was corny. Now. I thought it was corny. Yeah, I didn't like any of the others, but I love Devil's Rejects. It's just something about it. I'm just like, oh, sure. I fucking love this. These three are horrible, but I want them to win. Right. <laughs> and those movies are also different from each other too. Like I remember seeing House of a Thousand Corpses. I just never liked it, you know, and, and I don't know, it just feels just like a music video to me more than a film. You know, yeah. and but yeah. And yeah, it's pretty shy as well. <laughs> yeah, it's well, you know, man, him putting his wife and everything gets old too to me and it's like yeah. I mean, she. See, I liked, she's I liked, attractive. Uh, it's like, dude, you have to put her in every fucking film. Like, come on, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I liked Halloween. I liked the remake of Halloween, the first one that I did. Did I you? hated the, the the second one that I did. I thought it was rubbish. The second one, but I liked the fir- the uh, first remake. I did. I thought you, that was okay. You know, what did you think of the last Halloween film, the newest one? really say because I watched like I think I watched like the first half an hour maybe 40 minutes of it and then I fell asleep I'm gonna be honest with you like I like the score because John did it with his son Cody uh, Carpenter but 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 like the movie the movie just felt I don't know like I just didn't really care for it I don't know I and then they want you to forget about every film except the first one I like some of the Halloween sequels I love Halloween 3 the season of the witch I fucking love that movie same here I love Halloween 4 I love Halloween 6 as well the one with Paul Rudd it's amazing it's a fun movie man yeah it's good shit I I I like those movies everybody makes me crow on them but I, I like them man I think those are good films but you know the it's like there are problems isn't it like that is, that's it's just what it is like and if you were there and you watched it like you know around the time when it came out you're still gonna love it man because of that nostalgia shit so it's like I'm like I don't give a shit how how shit people think some of the movies I love are. I'm like right. I like fucking Beastmaster and shit like that dude Beastmaster's fucking you know, awesome it's in the sand bit <laughs> oh it's it's awesome you know I was gonna I never got to tell Sean this you'll have to tell Sean I said this if Ingested was a horror movie, do you know what horror movie I think you guys would be? Oh, like just just in general, if you you when you guys are playing live, like if I had to, to describe it with a horror movie, Dead Alive, the lawnmower scene. That'll be really amazing, amazing. 
It's like you guys yeah. go into the crowd with a lawnmower. <laughs> Seriously, I mean that's someone needs to recut that into a music video for one of our tracks. That would be incredible, man. I wish I could do it. I would totally do it because I that that would be a good one. That would be a good yeah, one. Man, I if I if I if I could um, uh, say that Ingested was a was a horror movie, I'd say that we were the John Carpenter's The Thing. Because <laughs> just amalgamate with the best bits of all your favourite death metal bands. We're just amalgamating all of the best bits, all the best riffs, all the best bits, all the best drumming bits. Right. All these bits like that you love. We've like assimilated, and like now we're like this big fucking head with the fucking spider legs running across your fucking kitchen, trying to crawl into your ear holes. That's us. We're the thing, mate. That's that's funny. <laughs> oh god, man! I can't thank you enough for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Welcome, dude. Thank you very yeah. much. Thanks for having me. Well, no, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Hello again, this is Dr. Vincent West, Medical Doctor. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with ingested vocalist Jason Evans. Only on House Calls with Dr. Vincent West, Medical Doctor.